just a quick five minutes uh, sort of update about what we're doing. Most of you know where we are. I know we did a video for you at some stage last year, uh, sort of giving you an idea of what uh, the, the work is like in Grand Canaria. As George has rightly said, uh, I've been out there for 11 years. Uh, Julie has been out for six years now, I think, five or six years. And you're sitting there, well, why was he out for four years, three years before Julie? Talk to us afterwards and we'll explain, but it's a long story, but it's a good story. But we're both there now. Uh, Grand Canaria, where are we? If we go to the second, oh, you're already there, you're ahead of me. Okay, Grand Canaria, uh, part of Spain, uh, but it's a, a group of islands off the coast of North Africa, and actually only about 100 kilometers or 110 kilometers from those sinking sand dunes that George was talking about. Uh, so we, mish, we, we work, uh, if any, has anybody been to Grand Canary on holidays? Well, one, two, three, four, yeah, okay. Uh, Grand Canary, uh, quite a holiday island really, especially the south of the island where we are. And uh, the two main holiday uh, destinations, particularly for English-speaking people, are Playa de Ingles and Puerto Rico. And uh, we uh, gather as a church family in both of those places on a Sunday morning and at also different times uh, during, during the week. Our ministry, there's several arms to it, I suppose. We're ministering uh, to the English-speaking community uh, that live on the island, and we're ministering to people visiting uh, the island. And the island and the resorts particularly are quite dark places. You know, you might go on holidays and, yeah, it's, well, it's not dark, it's actually very sunny, but... Uh, you might go on holidays and think of the sun and the sand and the beaches and the cafes and the bars and all of the, all of the holiday type of things. But when you scratch the surface, there's a lot of darkness. Uh, there's a lot of hedonism. There's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of homelessness. Uh, there's a lot of problems. Uh, people relocate to places like Grand Canaria quite often to run away from their problems and think we're going to this new place, it's going to be great, we're going to have a new start, and it's all going to be rosy. Uh, but sadly, so often their baggage comes with them. So there's a lot of people that we, we know we need to reach out to. We've, we've reached out to some, uh, but we know there's a lot more, and we're trusting God that He has more in store for us to do over the coming years. And I'll maybe lead into that in, in a little minute. So we also minister to people who are visiting, who are there on holidays. And I break the visitors into two sort of groups. I break them into the people who are coming to church because they have to tick the I'm going to church box. But that's all they're doing, really. Um, maybe they're coming from a church that is not lively, not alive, not spirit-filled. So I see the opportunity there as ministering to people who maybe haven't heard the gospel clearly before, or haven't heard about the Holy Spirit, or just don't know as we were singing about freedom that the Lord wants to give people. So there's a ministry into those group of people visiting. And obviously a lot of our visitors are coming to church because they're switched on, Bible-believing 
spirit-filled Christians, brothers and sisters, and it's lovely to minister to them and for them to minister to us. They, they help recharge our batteries when they come in, but also we find that we can be a safe place for people as well who are maybe involved in their churches at home, but there's some things they want to talk about, they want to sort of share about that they're maybe a little bit timid about doing so back in their own church, because as we know, in our own churches, and our own circles of friends, one person talks to somebody, somebody, you know, I'm going to tell you this just so you can pray about it. But, you know, things can get out of hand. So often we find ourselves helping people in different ways through different things. But I'm, I'm not going to all of that now. We can talk. If you want to talk to us afterwards, uh, feel free. So what is the church called? <laughs> the International Evangelical Church of Grand Canaria. Go to the next slide. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? I inherited that name. I, uh, we inherited that name, shall we say. And uh, it's a bit of a mouthful. It, I mean, it, it's right. It's who we are. It's, what, it's where we are. We speak English. We certainly want to be evangelical, and we want to be international. But it's a bit of a mouthful, and it also sort of conjures up an image of something like that, uh, which isn't really where we're at. So, if you go to my next slide. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And let me just say the worship this morning and what Gary shared at communion is so on the button of what I'm going to share about this morning. You've sung songs that I'm actually going to reference, and you've used a reading that I'm going to reference in my message as well. So God is, God is here today, and he, well, He's always here. He's always here when we come together, but I believe what we're going to share and considered together today is important. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. So, what we're doing at the minute, if you go to my next slide, we're moving into a new season in the International English Church of Gran Canaria. And we're, at the moment, going through the legal parts of re-registering ourselves and changing names and changing bits and pieces behind the scenes. And we're going to, from now on, be known as New Hope Church Gran Canaria. Because God has given each one of us a promise. This promise was given to Israel in exile, but I believe it's a promise for each one of us also, and it's a promise for His church today also. promise for New Hope Church in Gran Canaria, and it's a promise for Journey Church here in Lisburn also. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So if you go down to my next slide, please. Or is that all my slides? There we go. So as, we've tra as we're transitioning into new hope, 
what we're majoring on with our regular folks at the moment is trying to instruct and teach and lead them in a way of what church is. Church isn't just coming together for an hour or an hour and a half on a, on a Sunday morning. Church is life. The people are the church. The building is not the church. And we want to instill into our regular folks, as I trust you guys in Journey are, are doing, devoting yourselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing of meals. including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. This ties in with what George was saying a moment ago, too, about praying. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So as I just share this little bit about where we're at and what we're doing in Grand Canaria, can I ask you to, I thank you for praying for us and for supporting us. Can I ask you to, at this time particularly, pray into this situation of transition uh, that we're going through. And as we uh, start to change our website and change our identity, you know, our corporate, I hate that corporate identity. It's not a corporate identity, but you know what I mean? Uh, that uh, things will work out as, as they're supposed to. And that as we transition into a new season, we really would become the church, and the people that God desires us to be. And I believe that's the message that God wants to bring to you guys here in Journey uh, this morning, or this, it's going to be this afternoon in a moment, this, this afternoon, uh, that you will move and keep growing into the people that God desires you to be. So that's sort of an update of where we are. So what was I going to share with you this morning? <coughs> this verse again, from a, they think this is the NIV. They think when I put it up earlier, it was from a New Living Translation. In the NIV, it reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So the first question, what is hope? Normally at this point I go, next slide, Mary. So next slide, I've forgotten the name. Becky, next slide, Becky, thank you. Hope's one of those words that over time the meaning has changed. I mean, the English language is a living language and, and the, the usage of certain words changes and the meaning can be changed as, as years go on. And in our modern language, the word hope, or from a worldly point of view, the word hope sort of is like a dream or a wish. You know, I hope it's sunny tomorrow. Uh, I hope... I hope I hope we have good fun tomorrow. I, I hope, I hope, I, you know, it's sort of a wish, a dream sort of thing. But when we read our scriptures, and when we see the word hope and hope in Christ, it's not just a dream or some sort of wishy-washy feeling. 
Godly hope, spiritual hope, Christian hope is a confident hope, an assured hope, an assured, an assured hope of expectation. It's, it's done. It's not a wishy-washy thing. It's done. So when God promises, promises us hope, He gives us an assurance of hope. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Go to the next slide, sorry. Oh, you do, sorry. If we read on a few verses later in that same passage in Jeremiah, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek. Seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Do you know the hope of Jesus in your heart? in your life. I talked about people coming to church in Gran Canaria, and I think it's the same all over the world, and it's probably the same here, even in Journey Church. Are you coming to tick off the I've gone to church box? Are you going in the hope that, well, if I go to church, God, God might like me a bit more? You know, but it's, you're not confident? I want to appeal to you today to reach out to Jesus and receive from Him with certainty, with assurance, the hope and freedom that only He can give. And if you reach out to Him, you will receive. There's nothing you have to do except come to Him and say, Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me for the way I've lived my life. Make me new in you. Give me a fresh start in you. Let me be that word we use sometimes, born again in you. And when you do that, He will set you free. He will make you new, and He will give you a new hope and a new future that you can get no other way. Gary quoted from Isaiah. Jesus also quoted from that passage when he started his ministry. He was baptized, as we know. He was led into the wilderness, and he came back out of the wilderness, and he went to the temple, and he stood up to read in the temple, and he was given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he read these words, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are living 
in the year and the time of the Lord's favor. How awesome is that? The day is coming and is coming sooner with every passing second when Jesus will return. And those who know and love him will go to be with him. And those who don't will be left behind. It'll be too late. But we are living in a time of God's favor. A time where freedom from captivity, freedom from sin is available to each and every one who calls out. What's your hope built on today? You sang it earlier on. I was thinking of the old hymn as I was doing it, but you used the quite nice new Hillsong version of it, isn't it? Yeah. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. One Peter chapter one verse three and four, and your first song came into this passage. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance, this is continuing, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Well, certainly this last two years have been a time of trial for many of us. When we think of the COVID situation and the global pandemic and all of that, but think of all the other things that have been going on in the world. The earthquakes, the floods, the fires, the just whole messed up governmental systems all over the place. And it's crazy. It's a crazy world. But the Bible tells us about that. It tells us that as we approach the day of the Lord's coming, things are going to get really weird. But we must stay strong in these days. We must be bold in these days. And we must stand firmly on the hope that the Lord has given us through Jesus. I'm sure we're all very familiar with the passage in Ephesians chapter 6 about the armor, armor of God. And we, so many times in Scripture, it talks about Christians being like soldiers, soldiers for Christ. And Ephesians 6, first part of verse 10 and then verse 12, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, 
against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is serious stuff. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, stand. Being a Christian is tough. Being a Christian isn't just about singing nice songs and drinking coffee and having just a lovely time with all your friends. That's part of it, and that's good. That's what we're encouraged to do. But we must never forget that we're in a battle, and we are soldiers in that battle, and we must fight for our Savior and share His good news with the world around and about us. These thoughts, this, this preach came to me a couple of weeks ago, and I knew it was to bring here, and I'm going to bring it in, in Grand Canaria next week. And like a lot of us on our social media, we read posts from different people and things come up on our wall. 99.9% .9 of it, yeah. But every now and then, we see some things that make us go, wow, that's, that's really good. And a friend of mine posted a quotation a couple of weeks back, or a month or so ago, actually, I remember writing it down and saying, that's good, I'm going to preach around that, or pull something out of that to preach. And it's a quotation that is often, I believe, wrongly attributed to Martin Luther, but it was actually, I believe, by a lady called Elizabeth Ruddle Charles, and it was in a book that she wrote in 1864. But it's similar to some things that Luther had said. It says, if I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking I'm not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christianity. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. For, I'm going to read it again. If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition, yet every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the, God, which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I'm not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christianity. And it continues. When the battle rages, the loyalty of the soldier is proved and to be steady on all the battlefields besides is mere flight and disgrace to him if he flinches at that one point. 
This last two years, I believe, has been a time of shaking for the world. Definitely a time of shaking for the world, but also a time of shaking for the church and a time of shaking for each one of us as individuals, a time of sifting. We must be bold. We must take our stance. And we just look at the world around about us today. And the things that are accepted in this world, that are encouraged in this world, that are so out of line with Scripture and with God's ways, are just, you can make a list the length of your arm longer. And you know, the sad thing is, that even in some of our churches, things are accepted, behavior, lifestyle, that just are not right in the way of God. So, I believe we as individuals and we as churches must examine ourselves and examine how we're witnessing, what we're witnessing about what we're saying to people. And we mustn't shy away from the difficult things. I, mean, I think what you're doing here is fantastic. And you're opening your, your soft play area, and you're going to get families in, and you're going to get kids in, and that is wonderful. But when the difficult questions are asked, don't shy away. Be bold, be gracious, but be bold. You know, don't turn a blind eye and go, oh, I'll not say anything. Ask God to show you how to. If you see somebody going through something or you know somebody's in a relationship that isn't right or you know they're living a lifestyle that isn't right or, you know, be Jesus to them, love them, show them, share the gospel, but, but don't, don't water it down. Let me read that again. Go back one slide if you can, please. Can you? If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I am, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christianity. I mean, to me, the, the hot topic in the world today, and it probably is always the hot topic in the world, but particularly I think over these last number of years is uh, sexuality and marriage and all of those sorts of things. And uh, we need to be strong as a church. Where the battle rages, the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady on the battlefield besides is mere flight and disgrace to him if he flinches at that one point. 2 Corinthians 3 and 12. Therefore, since we have such a hope, such an assurance, such a confidence, 
in Jesus Christ. We are bold. So be bold. Remember that old song? Be bold, be strong for the Lord, you know? That same verse in the Amplified Bible. Before the days of the internet, those older people of us had to rely on a thing called the Amplified Bible, which put extra words in and expanded passages, and it helped. The Amplified Bible gives that verse 3.12, 2 Corinthians, since we have such a glorious hope and confident expectation, we speak with great courage. So, I think the word for you today as individuals and for the, wor the word for you as, as a church here at Journey is be bold, Stand solid on the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have utter confidence in it. An expectation of as you stand on His truth and are obedient to His Word, He will fulfill His promise to give you hope and a future and not bring you into any harm, but to bring you only into good things. Finishing with… No, one more slide, sorry. You're saying, I, I can't do it. You can do it. God says, for God… Well, Paul said to Timothy, but it's for each one of us, I believe. For God has not given us… I actually, as I was preparing these slides… If you'd asked me about this verse, I would have said that it was Paul talking to Timothy, and it actually read, for God has not given you, Timothy. But it's broader than that. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Two verses to take away with you this morning. Two verses that spoke to me as a young Christian 40-odd years ago. Well, a bit less than 40 years ago, 36 or so. John chapter 15, verse 16, first part of it. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. That's the verse that got me involved in evangelism. That's the verse that got me involved in outreach. That's the verse that got me involved in children's ministry. That's the verse that got me involved in music ministry. And back in the 80s, do you remember coffee bars and all that kind of stuff? And me and the guys were rocking it away at coffee bars. But that's, that's the verse that did it for me. I've chosen you to go and bear fruit. Preach the gospel. Share the good news. You still say you can't do it? This is one of my favorite promises in the Bible. And this is why Joshua is called Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Some of you 
here today might even be thinking, I'm not sure about this thing we've developed out here. It's a big, it's a big take. It's a big ask. I'm not sure it's going to work. Be brave. Be courageous. Be strong. If God has called you to do this and you're obedient to him, he'll make it work and he'll bless you. And he'll bless the church and he'll bless the people who come through the doors. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Ghost, your Holy Spirit presence here this morning as we've worshipped together, broken bread together, fellowship together. And Lord, I pray that you will continue to speak deep into our hearts from your word today. Lord, these words that I have shared this morning, Lord, may you use them to bring peace, bring encouragement, bring comfort, bring, bring newness, Lord, bring you hope. Father, we thank you. Continue with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.